Boy. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Headhunter Hideout, Season 3, Episode 1. Some new changes to the show here. We are actually being sponsored by Huxo Media, which is an inbound recruitment marketing agency. Super excited to be partnered with those guys in the UK. Uh, we, we are starting off this season with uh, Brent Orsuga, who is the founder, president, head marketing officer, doing so much with uh, Pinnacle Growth Advisors, and he focuses on the logistics game. And I can tell you, all the recruiters out there, if you want to get your content game going, you need to listen to Brent. He is doing LinkedIn stories every day, more than me, and I'm supposed to be the content guy. So I'm super excited to have you, Brent. Welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. So why don't you uh, just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background, and I'm curious to just hear how you got started in recruitment and uh, just learn more about how you got started in the game. Yeah, you know, my recruiting story kind of goes back almost to like 2003. So uh, I actually started with the MRI network. I know most people that probably watch this are familiar with them. Yeah. And out here in Scottsdale, they had one of the biggest franchises. And their motto was pretty simple. It was keep the best, place the rest. So they actually had contacted me because they thought they were going to you know, shoot me around town. And I think once I got in front of there, they're like, hey, we want this guy for ourselves. So that was really my first introduction into recruiting. And at that time, I was able to work under the top builder in the entire MRI network, right? So I was being mentored and groomed at a young age to this. What, what was that book of business like, just to give us an idea as well? Do you have an idea what that what that top builder was billing? I want to say it was like between that seven to ten million range. It was big. It was massive. Yeah, it was it was no joke. There and you in go. That time it was in the construction industry, right? So the construction industry was blowing up out here in Arizona, where I'm located. And so I know I didn't know anything about recruiting or excuse me, or, or construction really at that point, but it was very easy for me to kind of connect with people. So I've been in the game since then. Fast forward in 2014, I actually started Pinnacle Growth Advisors and started from zero. So like for anyone that watches this, you know, who is in the recruiting game, I can speak firsthand from somebody that literally was sitting by themselves, cold calling, trying to get clients from the ground up. So We've had tremendous growth since then, but uh, it's been a fun ride. So, with with the growth of the agency, tell me a little bit about that. How many of the how many of you are there, and and how have you guys grown over the last uh, you know five to to eight years since you've been uh, around? Yeah, you know, I mean, this again, this started in May two thousand fourteen. So, for those first like really two and a half years, I was a one man band. I did everything by myself. So, you know, you were going out there doing the business development, you're sourcing the candidates, you're doing invoicing and and billing and accounts receivables and kind of playing the, the A to Z game, right? Cradle to grave. And for a long time too, I kind of had a mindset, well, hey, that's okay, right? It's a lifestyle business. I'm going to keep it small, keep it all. But then like my whole mindset shifted that, hey, we're onto something here. We can really blow this thing out, right? So now I have three other uh, recruiters on our team that have almost kind of been handpicked and groomed. So it's almost like one a year that I've kind of brought on and been able to truly invest the time into getting them off the ground. And they're having massive success as well. So, you know, in 2019 was the first year that we uh, exceeded seven figures. And then we did that again last year, which with everything going on was our biggest year ever. And right now we're already, you know, it's January 18th. We're already going to blow out quarter one. I already know. And we're already beating where we were last year. So big things happening for us. Man, I love the, the switch too from industries. Obviously you were doing construction and then you went into logistics. Walk us through there. Like how, obviously you built a good 
reputation within the construction industry. I'm guessing a non-compete came in, you switched the industry. So you kind of had to rebuild. What, what did that first, you know, six months look like for you in just rebuilding, switching industries? What, what did that look like? Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't know anything about freight. Like I knew nothing about trucking, but the biggest thing that happened was I realized that construction and freight or logistics was pretty similar, right? It's kind of a blue collar guy's guy type industry. So it allowed me to kind of be myself. If you were to put me into maybe accounting or working on attorneys or something else, I don't know that I could be as natural. So it didn't take long for me to kind of pick that up. And then I've just immersed myself in it, right? So I want to be a student of the industry that I play in because I'll never forget, you know, I have a lot of really good mentors, study a lot of successful people. You know, there's a quote that I think we've all heard, which are riches are in the niches, right? And so I'm a big believer in that. I don't think I need to be a jack of all trades, be a, a master of a lot of things. I just want to be narrow-minded, focus on one thing and just become the best at it. So now here we are 12 years later and I'm solely, solely playing in that niche. Uh, I love it, man. And one of the, I know we talked, man, probably a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. One of the things that you said, which really struck me was how you handle relationships with clients in particular. So you go out and, and meet them. So, you know, obviously that's probably changed here recently, but walk me through like how you have become just so entrenched in the industry and how you live it out in the, in the way that you're describing. Yeah, a lot of what we discussed was kind of pre-COVID, right? But honestly, I think that's those relationships that were formed is what got us through last year. So, you know, for me, I look at recruiters, I always viewed myself, I want to be a partner. I want to be an extension of your company. I don't want to be looked at as a vendor, right? Anybody can cold call a company and say, hey, I see you have 20 job openings. Let me work on those. But what does that really mean? How much do you really know the company? Because you have to think of what recruiting is. Recruiting and sales in general is nothing more than an exchange of energy, right? My job is to get you excited about something that maybe you don't know about. So how can I do that if I don't really know about the company? How can I, I do that? that? I just look at the same website, the same YouTube videos as everyone else. That's what made me really dangerous as well as the team, right? So from let's call it 15 to 19, I was always on the road. I was always getting in front of these clients because I wanted to go see their office firsthand. That's how I could know the culture the leadership, the office layout, get to know the people so that when I talk to somebody, right, a candidate, I'm speaking in a very, very educated manner, right? Because I can say, I can close my eyes and describe that entire office layout, which then allows you to play matchmaker, not just kind of, you know, post and pray or spray and pray, as they say. It allowed yeah. me to be very, very strategic because I knew these companies inside and out. I'm curious, at like, what point do you do that? I mean, do you do that right from the bat or are you like, Hey, we got a placement. Now I've, now I'm going to go out and meet them. Like when, when do you actually do that? You know, it depends. So we do a lot of work in specific markets, right? So like once I had established clients in Chicago, for example, Chicago is the number one market we deal in. It's, it's uh, the hub of freight. It's what New York is the finance, for example. So I knew if I was going to go out there to Chicago to see some, some clients that we already knew, so maybe some ones I've already visited. I knew that I would sprinkle in two or three new ones, right? So I'm maximizing my visit as far as that goes. So I always wanted to kind of have one staple in every major market, whether it be Dallas, Austin, Minnesota, Nashville. And then I would kind of, you know, plan accordingly to have those other meetings there. But I did this early on. See, I, I, even right now, everything we do is contingent. Personally, I didn't want the retainer model because I didn't want to be on someone's clock. This is only yeah. how I built my company, right? Yeah. I wanted to be able to work on what we wanted to work on when we wanted to work on it. So everyone thought I was crazy. They're like, Brent, how are you doing this, man? You're a contingent recruiter. Why are you spending your own money and time and energy 
you know, to go do this and get in front of these people. I said, number one, because no one else is. And number two, that ROI is going to be 10x because now they know me. They're going to want me on the streets talking on their behalf. And I know them inside and out as well. I love it, man. I love it. And just just real quick, we got uh, Simran. Uh, I see you there. So uh, she just said, good to see both of you. And then Joey just said, Joel, bringing the value. No, my friend, Brent is bringing the value. So, uh, but it's good to see you out there. And anyone else who has any comments, if you've got questions for Brent, definitely take uh, this time to ask. He has a ton of experience within the recruitment industry and uh, also just all around, I know he is just a great guy who's going to be able to get, bring a lot of value here. So, Brent, getting back to the conversation here, I'm, I am I know we discuss this again. Like recruiters, they're all always on the phone building relationships, always on the phone. And so I, I love your approach. But tell me a little bit about um, some of the other things that you're involved in in terms of like content creation, for example. I see you all over LinkedIn. I see you on the stories every single day. I see you uh, posting content regularly. I know you run a LinkedIn live show. So, Kind of walk me through that progression, and I'm curious to just hear how that how you use that to actually strengthen relationships within your industry as well. Um, I'm, I'd, I'd love to hear from you on that. Well, I think that's really kind of how we end up on a lot of podcasts or shows like this, right? It's because people have just kind of seen us out there. But the biggest thing for me when it came to content was, honestly, I was just myself. Like I started this maybe five, six years ago, consistently putting out content which that is a key word, being consistent, just showing up, right? I know you've said this before as well. But the thing is this, a lot of people want to create a persona. They want to create this character and it's not somebody they truly are. For me, what you see is what you get. So anybody that has met me in an office, at a conference, you know, the energy, the tonality that you see, this is the real deal 24-7, right? All gas, no brakes. Just kind of how, <laughs> I'm, how I'm built and how I'm wired. But I've also taken the approach that, look, people do business with people they like and trust. Just no different than how you and I make decisions on who we're going to engage with. How do you do that? So many people try to hide behind a static LinkedIn picture, which I don't know how much you've gone out there and seen, but most people don't even look like their picture these days. But you have to be able to draw people in, right? So for me, I wanted to show kind of a glimpse into who I am, my interests my family, right? So you might see me doing everything from a charity event with my wife. You may see me at drop off with my little daughters, right? But I'm trying to draw you into my world to show you who I am. That has been the biggest game changer. That is what resonated with people because as a recruiter, the ultimate goal is this. Is this somebody that I would want to have a conversation with? Does this person seem like they know their stuff? Do they seem cool? Are they going to waste my time? Right. 100%, 100%. So to be able to kind of put myself out there and draw people in, it's just worked really, really well because anyone that knows me, as soon as I get a candidate on the phone, it's 10 to 12 minutes max. I have no time to waste mine or theirs. We're diving right into it because there's not much introduction that needs to be made because they've been watching me behind the scenes for years. I love it. Walk, walk me through, walk me through your strategy and stories. That's what I'm curious to hear about how you're using stories, the stories function, I don't personally use a, a lot of the stories function. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to hear how that, how you're using that. Like what's, what's the strategy behind that? You know, for me, it's a lot of day in the life. I mean, recruiting is not easy. I tell everyone this. I think we make it look really easy because of the success and the number of placements we get. It is not simple. Anyone who's watching this knows the recruiter game. You're going to deal with people ghosting you. You're going to deal with counter offers. You're going to deal with people that say one thing and then do another. It's just part of the dynamic. It is what it is. 
But for me, I always want to show stuff that is going on in my life, right? So if it's me driving to the gym at five in the morning, if it's me on a hike listening to certain podcasts, at the end of the day, I always want to provide value, right? LinkedIn, stories, Instagram, any of these platforms, it's not self-serving. It's not about you. It's right. about what can I show, right? What books am I reading? What events am I you know, partaking in? Like, for example, I'm part of the entrepreneurs organization, right? It's been a huge game changer for me just to be able to learn from mentors. So I want to show when they're bringing speakers in that I'm at these events. When I'm going to Chicago, when I'm going to industry events, when they're going on, I want you to know that I'm out there. I'm hustling, right? 24-7. Yep. Giving people a glimpse into that, but also letting them know that you're real. You're a human. You're not some character. You're not some persona. And that's what I keep going back to. You have to be yourself. You know, the word authentic is kind of overplayed, but it's beyond true. Like you can't fake the funk. I say that all the time. You have to be who you are. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's so funny because we've talked offline, obviously, and the energy that you're bringing right now, uh, I mean, that's what you, that's who you are. And, uh, and so I'd caution anybody as well, because a lot of times you think, like you said, you got to put on a face, you've got to be the thought leader, you got to be this, you got to be that. And that's really tiring and that will fail because inevitably if you're not being yourself, um, you know, it's just, it takes way too much energy. So I, I love that you said that. What, what about the LinkedIn live function as well? You've just, you just got the LinkedIn live. Like what's, I'd be curious to hear your strategy and how you think other recruitment leaders could, could use LinkedIn live as well. And, and what you guys are planning with that. You know, I've kind of, I've done two now and I uh, did one, the first one kind of solo to kind of introduce myself the most recent one I brought in, kind of my right hand, her name is Shauna. She does a lot of videos with me. She's amazing from a content standpoint as well. So it just it just uh, gave us more reach, right? More eyeballs. But for me, if anyone that watches it, I kind of use like the ESPN format. I'm a big sports guy myself. So I always thought like the show, pardon the interruption, right? So they had the topics on the side that we were going to discuss. I wasn't just going to flip on my phone and just kind of talk to talk, right? I wanted to have a format, a theme, a good consistent flow. And for me, look, we do a lot on our iPhone, right? You give me a ring light and a phone, I can make any video in the world. But for this, I wanted to have a professional look. So like I went into a studio here in Phoenix where I knew the microphones were gonna be good. The lighting was gonna be great, right? Because I wanna give off a certain image as well. Uh, but LinkedIn Live has been amazing, you know? Because here's the thing too, a lot of people can do video. A lot of people have to edit it, right? You're real and raw, just like you and I are talking on 118, right? I can't fake this. This is this is what you have to be. So if you can't speak in a clear, articulate, energetic way for two minutes, four minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, that's a little concerning to me. That's a tough yeah. skill to learn, but you got to do it. So what's the focus of, of the live show too? Are you focusing on the logistics industry? Are you focusing on um, recruitment? What's, what's the focus? Sure. So I try to play to our audience a little bit because we have so many followers within our niche. So I try to give insight into what's going on in the logistics industry specific, right? Because of the audience. I also try to talk on what is going on from a candidate standpoint. Like what am I seeing on the streets? What jobs are popping up? What's going on out there? From a company standpoint, what can I do to draw these people in? Like the one that we just had this past week, we were talking about how, you know, posting jobs is dead. Like what are you doing to draw people in, right? Because we live in such a visual world. You have to have the mindset of a movie trailer, of a commercial, right? Giving people a 30 to two second, 30 seconds to two minute glimpse of this is who we are and draw people in. Why aren't companies doing this? I don't know. 
you know, I, so I've, I've thought about this a lot, right. And you've got employer branding. Um, I think even just working in recruitment, uh, for the, for the last number of years, you just see how the focus is all on sales and marketing and the lapse in judgment is not understanding that you're going to get sales and marketing when you get the best people and every recruitment team I've ever worked with, they're always working on way more jobs than they can handle. They're always, uh, you know, they're, they're really not equipped. And so I think to then take it a step further and go, well, if you can't, if you can't support your recruitment team, then understanding how your employer brand is going to impact, um, you know, that's a stretch. But I also think that the companies have done it so well, like Google, Apple, Facebook, um, they, they've done such a, such a good job with their marketing uh, as a whole that they're attracting candidates. So there isn't really that many companies that I think are good examples of this because the big ones, they don't need it. And the small ones, it's like they don't have anyone to follow. So I, I, I'd love to hear your take on that. I mean, do you, do you coach your clients on that as well? Or, I mean, surely your clients must be like, man, you're killing it on LinkedIn. Can you help us out? Does that come up at all? Or how, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I think the biggest thing too is you have to ask yourself as a company, like, do you truly have a talent acquisition team, right? Because a lot of companies just still look at this as an HR function. I don't consider HR to be, or excuse me, recruiting to be an HR function in any capacity. Yeah, Recruiting is sales through and through. Again, going back to what I said, it is an exchange of energy. So as a company, you have to go look at the person in your HR. Is that the person that's going to attract a talent? Because the formula is always, always the same, right? The level of talent that you have in that seat being recruiting is always going to match the level of talent that walks in the door. A players bring A talent, B, B, C, C. So that's a big thing that I asked too. You know, I was listening to a podcast from Ed Milet the other day where he was saying, you know, average companies hire because they have needs. Extraordinary companies recruit because they only want the best of the best, right? And so in that regard, you have to have a talent acquisition team. You have to have people that are going out to the market to get the best people possible. That is always on. You know, when you hire just at a necessity, think about this. When companies hire at a need, they're at the mercy of what comes in. Therefore, you usually end up hiring the best of the worst. When you take the talent acquisition approach and you're always hiring, because here's the reality too. I tell companies this all the time. It's not always about adding seats. Sometimes it's about upgrading a seat. Almost every company that you know of has a low performer. Yeah. Why are they holding on to that? All you're doing is moving eggshells around when you bring on better talent, right? Because you're only as good as that bottom person. As a company, that is the culture that you have defined. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I wanted to take a moment to introduce my sponsor, Hoxo Media are the world's leading content marketing agency for the recruitment industry. They're currently working with over 250 recruitment agencies that includes 3,000 recruitment consultants across the world. They help them build LinkedIn brands that open up more opportunities by following a proven methodology daily. In 2021, the hugely successful Hoxo Academy is changing. They have launched an eight-week personal brand program, which you can roll out across your whole business. The Academy is aimed at helping traditional recruiters that rely on outbound calls to attract candidates and clients. Those who often lack the knowledge of how to use LinkedIn for anything other than posting jobs and in-mails. They struggle with both the ideas and the confidence when it comes to producing relevant content. Post-COVID-19, we all know that the world is truly digital. 
The modern recruiter needs to have a unique and consistent LinkedIn presence that offers value to their community and drives opportunities inbound. The Huxo Academy helps every recruiter in your agency achieve this in eight weeks, enrolling a new cohort of training at the start of each calendar month. For the first 50 customers of 2021, they are offering you the chance to enroll unlimited users onto the program for 12 months at no extra cost. So you have 50 or 500 consultants now, or you plan to hire more throughout the year, you can rest assured that they will get all the training they need to build a brand that wins business on LinkedIn. Please click the link attached to this episode or DM me on LinkedIn to find out how your agency can join the program. If you've been in this academy, please add in some information about your experience. We'd love to hear from you and why you chose to partner with us as you truly believe in the impact it can have in the way that modern recruiters work. Man, we got we got some uh, comments here. So I just, uh, I know we got Shauna just said, great podcast. Yes, I would agree. She also just uh, echoed your point, said so true. Uh, it looks like Lisa just asked, would love to get have LinkedIn Live. I gave myself a challenge with live on Facebook uh, to create some content. I realize that a lot of value info to share, just make it a little more professional. So yeah, LinkedIn Live is, is a great tool. Um, I'm curious, are you, with with your social media, one of the things, and just so everyone knows, um, if you go to Brent's page, you can follow him on, on LinkedIn, uh, connect with him as well. But if you go to his content, uh, one thing that really shocked me was, um, you know, I, I didn't see, you know, a thousand likes or 2000 likes. What I did see was a good amount of likes and comments, but very targeted and all of the people within your industry and I think it's a, it, what happens is, is you get people who get a lot of likes on LinkedIn and most of the time they're from people they don't even know or they're not targeting. Um, when you go to Brent's page, you'll notice that all of his comments, all of his likes are all people within the logistics industry. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious, do you generate new business through content or are you generating candidate leads? Tell me a little bit about that. Okay, both. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I, I would honestly, this sounds crazy. For the last 18 months, I have not done much business development. You know what my business development is? Putting myself out there. I love it. Right? So like there's a, um, a publication within our niche called Freight Waves. They're probably the biggest platform uh, having to do with the freight and logistics space. And they just did an article about myself and the team about social selling, right? Because we've really become the go-to people within that niche to put ourselves out there. But this goes back years. You know, the reality is I didn't even have video to 2018. But when I looked around, no one was doing this stuff. This yeah. is what drives me nuts, Joel, is I don't understand this. I even myself, like you, like you talk to a lot of people that say, I don't like how I sound. I don't like how I look. You know, that's not who I am. My thought is this. If you don't love yourself, what kind of image are you portraying to the marketplace? If you don't have that confidence, and I know this isn't for everybody, but if you don't have that inner confidence, how in the heck are you going to draw people in? Because again, I'm going to say it again, recruiting is nothing more than an exchange of energy, right? So you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in the companies that you're behind and you have to be able to tell that to other individuals in the marketplace. But I'm going to talk about the video dynamic because I think this is something that everybody should be paying attention to. Back in 2018, when they turned this on, right? I just grabbed an iPhone and just put myself out there. It was the first conference that I went to afterwards where I had the aha moment because what I was doing, I was walking through the hallways, right? And you start to see that people do the double take. How do I know that guy? <laughs> I love that. They look at your name badge, right? Yeah. It wasn't about the likes and the comments. It was about visibility and eyeballs. You were known. Once you have that dynamic there, 
Then, okay, let me really show you what I'm like, right? Let me show you my family. Let me show you when I'm playing basketball and hiking. Let me show you what our office looks like. Let me show you interacting with our team. Let me show you what our team looks like. This is what's crazy too, is why are our companies not showing their people? That is your number one competitive advantage. I'm beyond proud of our team. Josh, Stephanie, Shauna, I want them on there as much as possible, right? Because they represent the brand and logo better than anybody. These people are machines. This is what companies should be doing. What, a, Man, everything you're saying, by the way, is super spot on. And I love it because obviously that's what my business is. It's helping out people with, with marketing within the recruitment space. Um, but let's talk about that a little bit with your employees because a lot of people are afraid, especially if you're an agency owner. And we see it all the time anyway with you know non-competes and all this sort of stuff. But one of the big objections I get is, you know, well, they're going to keep their own brand or, you know, what if they leave me? Then I've helped them build their brand. So walk me through your thinking on that. I'd love to get your take on, on that type of thinking. Complete opposite. I embrace it, right? Everyone wins. I'm not worried about that. If somebody were to go ahead and leave and branch out as an entrepreneur, I'm not going to stop them. Yeah, I love right? it. On them. But here's the reality too. Because of what we've built, this machine, we're already working with all the best logos out there. We're working with the best companies. So if somebody wants to leave and go do their own thing, what are they going to work on? Mid-tier stuff now? You're going to go take a step back? Or are you just going to look at it and have the mindset that I'm a business within a business? Here's the other thing to think about too. You don't always have to be an entrepreneur. Have you ever looked or looked up the term entrepreneur? I love it. 100%. You can be a business within a business. You have to treat yourself as your own entity, right? So I don't ever worry about that, right? Because these people that I've picked that have joined me now, these are dynamic individuals that are going to the marketplace, representing our brand with the right core values and everything else. I want them out there. I, yeah, embrace, I, I push them. Honestly, some of them, I tell them to do it more. Well, I... and. Shauna, I did check out your uh, content as well, and you are doing an excellent job on LinkedIn. You're getting great engagement. You're real. You're authentic. Um, did did you, you know, before bringing Shauna on, did you see her content as well? Was that a decision maker, and in, in, or I guess did that influence the decision to bring her on at all? Like, had you seen her content, or how did you guys get connected? Yeah, you know, her and I had kind of have an interesting background where you know I just kind of known her over the years. She works with a local company out here. But that's a prime example too. Like when she worked at a big corporation out here, I think she was handcuffed. It didn't allow her to kind of be herself, right? So once you kind of take those restraints off and you get into an environment like this, it was kind of, again, like that aha moment, right? So she gets sometimes more engagement than me. She crushes it. But <laughs> she is crushing it. And here's the reality. The number one thing that she does, that we all do, you have to be authentic. You have to be yourself. You have to be vulnerable. You have to show people who you are because that is going to resonate with some. It might not resonate with everybody, but that's okay too. Because I guarantee you the positive is going to outweigh the negative. Matt, 100%. And uh, Chris just said, uh, late to the party, Brent Osugut speaks nothing but facts. I am with you there. Walk, walk me through, uh, it, You know, let's say with, with the team. Do you give them time to brand themselves on LinkedIn. Obviously you're still doing cold calling. Like how, how are you kind of managing that content into their schedule or just, I guess I'd be curious to hear if you like keeping him, you know, accountable of building KPIs or if you're like, Hey, you just be you, you run, run your content, how you want to run it. Um, but just, I'd, I'd love to hear your, your take on that. 
You know, this this question gets asked to us a lot, and I think people would be kind of shocked. There's no real rhythm, right? We don't say, hey, on Monday, we're going to do a motivational Monday at 9 a.m. and put that out, and there's going to be Thursday thunder and Friday fire. And all the- <laughs> Nice. Nor do they. I don't manage them. I don't manage Third them. Third day thunder. I like that one, by the way. And here's the reality, too. For me, and again, I think this ties into the authenticity. I listen personally to so many podcasts, right? Even when I'm working, it's in the background. I read so many books. I have so much going on up here that things just come to me. So when things come to me, I want to share that to the marketplace. So I'm just providing value. So if I'm sharing that I've read certain books, podcasts, whatever, it's in that regard. You know, back in the day before I started doing a lot of video and all this stuff, I just used to go on. Think about all the free articles that are out there, Joel. Fast Company, Inc., Forbes, your local news, your industry news, right? So if I saw something that resonated with me, well, shoot, that's probably going to resonate with other people. Let me share that, right? It's not always about you, 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 you. You have to be able to share value to the marketplace and specifically your niche. That's where we change the game because as you call it, I don't look as LinkedIn, excuse me, as the news feed, but that's what it is. So share some garden, some stuff, share some information, right? Yeah, yeah. That would become a consistent theme on there every couple of days and you can't overdo it. But if you do it the right way, people look forward to your stuff. Man, couldn't agree more. And I, I think, you know, the piece that I love is I love how you switch up your content um, and you know, it's a big thing for a lot of people because they're like, well, what do I post? And I do think it takes some time to get used to the rhythm. So I would say like, if you are starting out, it could help to put some sort of calendar. But like you said, um, you know, the Monday motivation, uh, you know, the the Wednesday, whatever it is, there's, you know, whatever you said for Thursday, you you want to have, you might, it might help to have some planning, but the authenticity comes when you kind of let it naturally happen. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious, man, like how, how long do you think it took to, to kind of get into the rhythm that you're in? Like, was there a certain amount of time where you were like, Hey, I'm, I'm really feeling this now I'm getting the hang of it. Like how long did that take for you to get to that point? I feel like 2018 was kind of the magic year, right? Because those first couple of years, I still had to build a business. So my head was down. I had tunnel vision and I was just going, I was grinding. Right. So this whole content stuff, I, I still, that word kind of sounds cheesy because we're just authentic. It's just ourself. Right. So it's not like there's some strategy here. I don't pay some company. Like everything we do is just us. Yeah. But it was 2018. I'm telling you when that video thing started and we started to get some real engagement. But here's the thing leading up to that, even though I wasn't pushing myself as much, I was still engaging. There's certain ways to engage, right? You can just go on other people's posts. Congratulations, but stay positive too. Congratulations. That's great to see. Thank you for sharing, right? What you have to understand about LinkedIn, guess what? Your face and name and title still going to show up. So you're still going to be in that newsfeed. And it's not necessarily about you, right? But you have to show up. You have to deliver. You have to bring value. It doesn't always have to be your face. Some people don't like that, and I get it. But for those that are even remotely thinking about it, get yourself out there. Be known or be forgotten. 100%. And that's the part which I think a lot of people miss as well, is engaging with others. And I, you know, I used to tell people like you want to be known as a giver within your marketplace and everybody that I know that posts content, nobody posts it out there to not get likes. But what you'll see is you, you can just look up your prospects, see what they're posting. And, you know, if they get four likes and one comment 
And then you're that second comment. And then you're that three times in a week. And they see your face. They see your name. They see your title. Then you send them an email. They're at least going to know and appreciate the fact. They'll give you five minutes because you you like their stuff. So spot on with that, man. I mean, there's so many insights here that you're you're sharing that so so many people miss. I love it. Well, there's a couple other things that I can touch on too, because this stuff gets me fired up. As you, can I love tell. it, man. Go, go for but, it. Man. Know, there's a lot of these, uh, I guess you can call them marketers, that are now making these videos where they have graphics of rocket ships behind you and all this like cheesy stuff. What is that? That is not me. I think that's. I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. I know a lot of people do it, but then it's just to draw engagement, right? It's just to draw eyeballs. But what is that really doing? Right? Are you going to create some like movie about yourself or are you just going to be real and raw? Because I guarantee you the real and raw is going to win 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. Right? Like if you can't talk again for two minutes clearly into a camera, you need to <laughs> edit game. Yeah. Is that, a, is that somebody that a company wants to say, yeah, go to the market and talk on my behalf? Yeah. Well, it, right? depends. it, it depends on your market, right? I mean, you're targeting um, you know, guys in the freight industry, logistics, construction. Um, you know, when I've talked to hiring managers, particularly in construction, um, they're, they're, they want someone, they want people who can communicate well, they want an authority. They're not as impressed with, like you said, some of the emojis, some of the graphics. I think if you're, if you're trying to reach, you know, marketers or creative people, then sure, I think it, it has room for that. But I think to your point, it's being raw and real. And then the most amazing thing anybody ever says is when they see your video and then they talk to you, and you're the same person, that is, it's the most powerful thing. And there's nothing more disappointing than, than, than when it's the opposite way around. So and that happened. And I won't say who it was, but there is a certain very, very high profile person that I guarantee everyone has seen really, really high energy, jumping through the phone, like right in your face. And I had the chance to meet them. We were both checking into a conference at the front lobby, right? Yep. The person could not have been more different. Like I was disappointed. I was like, wow, I expected you to be a 10. You're like a two. So now <laughs> like, you're not real, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said earlier, you have to be who you are, be authentic, be yourself. And that should be the same on camera and off camera. This is not some act. This is not some performance. I didn't go to acting school for this, right? This is who you are. That's what resonates with people. This whole persona stuff gets, it gets to be too much. And then we can even talk about if you want the whole pod thing, right? Like the whole pod thing where people are tagging and, hey, Joel, uh, I'm going to do a video. So you like it. And then behind the scenes, if someone else posts it, we're going to like them, right? Talk about pay to play. That's a poser move. I'm not a fan of that either. You want to know <laughs> how to do it? I'm going to tell you the number one way to get engagement. Yeah. Do the work. Get yeah. referrals. Get testimonials. Provide value to your marketplace. Let people talk in your behalf. Don't pay to play. I, I, I love it. And Lisa, actually, she just said, barely anyone is engaging in my newsfeed, no comments. And Lisa, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I would I would definitely, um, you know, start engaging with people around you as well. Don't don't just focus on your own content. Uh, but to, to, to your point, Brent, I, I think organic always works well and it yeah. takes time. So Lisa, I don't know how long you've been creating content for, but it takes time. You know, it can take three to six months to really start getting traction. It can take a year to create traction, but it's the consistency that you talked about earlier. And I think when you start getting into pods, you start getting into these engagement groups, what can happen is, is you start to lose a measure of what good content is because you're reliant on other people. And I think the thing I love most about your content outside of 
the actual content you're putting out is the fact that, again, when I go and look at the likes, when I go look at the comments, it's not a million random people. It's every single person within your industry. And that to me is what I try and push with my clients. It doesn't matter if you're not getting 300 likes, maybe you get 60, but if all 60 of those people are past, past clients, current clients, prospects, people within the industry, I would take that 60 over a thousand just random people that aren't going to add to my business. And that's what you do. And so anybody who's out there, who's a recruiter, if you're, if you're just starting, if you just started your recruitment business, you need to model what Brent's doing because he's put in the work, but he's also, he's, you know, don't just listen to me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I run a marketing agency or I'm involved in a marketing agency. So obviously I'm biased. This guy is running a seven figure recruitment company with four people. So just do the numbers on that. Like, it's all you need to do. We're not talking about a million dollars here between four people. We're talking seven figures. So uh, I, man, I just. Uh, well, here's the, here's the other thing too, Joel. I think, you know, as we talk about this whole engagement and content stuff, everyone has heard this term as well, right? Paralysis by analysis. Everyone way overthinks this stuff, right? Sometimes you just have to jump and find your wings along the way. Don't overthink it. Who cares? A lot of these people that you're so worried about likes and comments from, you don't even know them. 100%. I could care less. I don't take anything personal, right? We're recruiters. Sometimes we don't even have emotion. We're not allowed to with everything we deal with. But at the same time, just get yourself out there, right? It's not always about these vanity metrics. You just want to be known to the right people at the right time in the right audience. Don't overthink it. Just start. Just go. I love it. And, and we're getting some comments here too. I know Peter just said, only time I received over 200 likes and comments is when I retired. People must have been excited about that. That's what I'm getting from that. And then Lisa, I know you've got some questions. I'm going to ask you to just DM me after the show. And I'm happy to share some insights with you. I'm, I'm curious to hear from you. We were talking about this a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, obviously Clubhouse is on the scene. It's, it's new. And you mentioned you're on there. Um, I honestly, man, I think you would do really, really well on, on that platform as well. Uh, curious if you've got any thoughts on that or any ideas of, of how you could potentially use that platform since it's uh, kind of just new on the scene. Yeah, you know, I was just talking to another recruiter like on Friday night. It was so crazy. Within like between 7 and 8 p.m. on Friday night, I got two text messages saying, why are you not on here? Like, what are you doing? But one of the individuals made a point. He said, you know, Clubhouse is a really good platform pe for people who are introvert, Right. May not everyone is like me where they're willing and wanting to put their face out there, but it doesn't mean they don't have value. It doesn't mean they don't know their stuff, right? Great point. So it's almost a really good platform for people to get on there right now and share their insight, share their wisdom without having to be the look at me person on stage all the time. That's what I think the people that are not maybe you and I need to embrace and pick that up. Yeah, I love it, man. Well, I... I want to be uh, be respectful of your time here, and I usually like to to keep things between 40, 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, obviously, man, everything you've said, I, I, I love it. I think you're a great example, both in the recruitment world, m the marketing world. I know you I know you don't like the word content, but your content is awesome, and it's so consistent. It's so spot on. Um, I'd like to end this show with. Uh, obviously, we're we're kind of in a unique time in history with the global pandemic, all of this sort of stuff. Um, there's a, there's a lot of entry level recruiters that listen to the show. Um, you've been in the industry for 19 years. So what what advice would you give to somebody who, let's say, they're six months into their journey, they're thinking, 
man, this is way harder than I thought it was. I feel like I need to quit. What advice would you give to someone in, in, in that, uh, you know, who's, who's going through that right now? I think the biggest thing is to really understand the niche of what you're playing in, right? You have to do the work behind the scenes, right? You can't just show up eight to five and expect to crush it. A lot of the work really is done when nobody's watching, right? We've all heard those quotes as well. So if I'm somebody that's working in marketing, construction, certain niches, I want to do all I can to separate myself, number one. Number two, who is the top performer in your office? That needs to be your best friend. Become a sponge. Understand what they're doing, the lingo, the verbiage, the way that they communicate. Just sit back and listen. That was the number one thing I've done in any sales environment, right? I'm not trying to hang out with my buddies. I'm here to work. Therefore, I'm going to work. But show me who's producing. Show me who's really putting up numbers. I'm gravitating that way. So if I'm a young recruiter, that's the other thing I'm doing. Number three, patience, right? The reason that a lot of people, whether it be in sales or recruiting in general, get upset and bring emotion into the game is because their pipeline isn't full enough. They need those deals. So when something goes sideways, you feel it. That sting is there, right? Because, God, I really needed that commission. I really needed to get that deal. I have this quota I have to hit. That is not how you get rewarded in the recruiting game. It's always about the one thing you can control because that's the one thing too, Joel. The one thing that everybody can control is their pipeline. So control it. You just got to have more activity going so that you don't feel the stings. You don't feel the disappointments. Boom, move on to the next. It is what it is, part of the game. But you have to study from people that have done stuff that you want to do and have done it before you. Man, well... You know, look, look here, Chris just said pure fire. And I, I just, I have to agree. And, and everything you said is totally spot on. I think, um, you know, if you're new into the recruitment game, don't expect the agency that you're working at to pair you up with that person either. You've got to seek it out. You got to find resources. So Brent, where can people find you? How can people connect? Where, where, where do you hang out, man? <laughs> at my office. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we're pretty easy to find, right? So on LinkedIn, Brent Orsuga is the personal page. Pinnacle Growth Advisors is the company page. I highly advise all three other people on the team. They put out their own great content, really good followers as far as that goes. Uh, the Instagram page, I think it's really cool. Like the Pinnacle Growth Advisors, the company name on Instagram. I really try to show people a day in the life there, right? Behind the scenes stuff, what really goes on, good, bad, the ugly, everything. Because that's just the reality of the world we live in. I love it. Well, everybody who's out there, I'm going to put a link uh, to Brent's page as well, and I'm going to tag him in this. So go follow him. Go follow uh, Pinnacle Growth Advisors as well. Follow him on Instagram. And uh, man, I appreciate all of the value that you brought. I know uh, Peter just uh, Peter just said uh, the new catchphrase was thought leader. Uh, it, it's all of a sudden everywhere. Let me just tell you, Brent, you are a thought leader within the, the recruitment space when it comes to marketing, when it comes to sales. And it's, you know, I know that's kind of a corny phrase that, pe that people use, uh, but you are pioneering the way for other recruiters. So anyone who is, you know, kind of up and coming, you need, you need to, you need to follow Brent. You need to start taking uh, some of the tips that he's thrown out. So I love it, man. I appreciate your time. And this was probably the, one of the quickest 40 minutes that I've ever had. And uh, it was a great, great way to start off, uh, you know, episode one as well. And so for everyone else out there, we are going to be, uh, broadcasting every Monday. Uh, I have Monday and Friday at noon at, in the bottom corner, but we're actually going to be switching to Mondays at 1 p.m. We're also going to be repurposing this content into a podcast, which we're going to be 
Uh, it's going to be living on iTunes, Spotify. Follow me, follow Brent, and uh, go check out the YouTube channel as well. If you missed some of this conversation, we also streamed there. And uh, appreciate all you guys as well who uh, who commented. So, Mindy, I see you out there. Peter, Chris, Lisa, and uh, Mihad, good to see you as well. Shauna, great to see you. So, everybody out there, you guys have a great day. And, Brent, appreciate you, man. Always. Thanks again. Bye.